0: Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 192 of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. Nate Maxon, your host, here with you, and I am joined this week by, well, the gang's all here. We got Aaron Maxson. Hello, everybody. Mr. Archie Mitchell. What's up? And Mr. Mark Brew.
1: Hello. Are we really mm-hmm. only eight away from 200? Yep. Well, Damn.
0: Getting there, getting closer. And where is we're in the big leagues now, y'all. I'm, I'm gonna try to make episode two hundred longer than episode one hundred.
1: Wasn't that like and, four days long? If,
0: for for those of you that don't know, episode <laughs> episode one hundred was almost six hours long.
1: So yeah, four days. <laughs> yeah. I better clear
2: my schedule. Right.
0: <laughs> but we're gonna we had a little a little homework assignment that I gave everybody for this week's show that was kind of fun. We're going to discuss, and this is not, this is, and I want to, I want to, this caveat I have to throw in here. This is not what would be regarded by the masses necessarily (laughs) as the greatest. These are our personal favorite WWF slash WWE championship matches of all time. That is just the lineage that goes from Bruno San Martino in 1963 until Roman reigns today with the WWE Championship. So you would not include the World Championship. You would not include the Universal Championship. All the things, all the branches off that we've had over the years, especially since WWE bought WCW, um, the title gets a little cloudy. So you have to think about that lineage, just the WWF slash E Heavyweight Championship and that's why I don't even call it the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, because that's not actually what the title's called. It's just called the WWF. That's what
3: they never called it either. And uh, not to like get into the whatever. But, like, you know, like, other companies would be like, oh, we defend our championship all over the world because we're a world champion. Like, the entire time, like, Hogan was the WWF champion, they never called him the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. No, right, they just called him the
0: World Wrestling Federation Champion. Same right. with Bruno. He was the WWWF champion. So, anyway. Yep, and, I mean, there is a distinction to be made there, you know. it's you That's know, me being a WWF. <laughs> But like I said, folks, this is not you know like Mark and I were talking about earlier. I mean, you if you're talking about the greatest, most historically significant, <laughs> you, would, you would probably have to have Hogan and Andre at the you know up at the top somewhere because of WrestleMania three and the significance of that match. But the match kind of stinks, so that's what I'm saying is this is our personal favorite matches to watch for the WWF title. Um, so yes. I guess.
2: As far as a moment goes, yeah, that was that was a big moment for wrestling. But as far as I was so entertained watching this, that was definitely not one of those. Right, right, not, not for me, anyways. I,
0: if I'm watching, if I'm watching WrestleMania three, I'm gonna watch that match. But that's not a match where I'm like, man, I gotta watch Hogan and Andre tonight. Right, Just watch no, that when,
1: match. <laughs> when we were little, it was a big deal match because right. oh, look how big Andre is. But as we've gotten older, it becomes wait, there was like eight moves in the whole match. Mm-hmm. And some of them were kicks and punches,
0: right? You know, and, so yeah, and like it's
1: a, not a six-minute bear hug, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a good, it's a good moment. It's the feel-good moment we all wanted. But it, as far as match quality goes, Dave Meltzer and I hate to bring him up because I know we all hate him, but right. Dave Meltzer might give that match one and a half stars, right? You know mm-hmm. well,
2: to quote one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite movies, the ringer I've seen better acting in pornos <laughs>
3: <laughs> for this
0: exercise we're gonna do we'll do our format of everybody gets their number five, number four, et cetera, et cetera. so let's start with Aaron. how about you start us off with your number five your personal favorite WWF
3: title matches um I'm not to I didn't put him like one through five. I didn't know you we were supposed to do that. Um, I just picked five of the matches that like I enjoy, you know. But I'll start with I'll I'll be asked backwards, and I'll start with what I would put as the number one on my list. Okay, okay, and it is a masterpiece in the storytelling <clears throat> from beginning to end, and it is the 1992 Royal Rumble. Yeah you have to you have to and I didn't I didn't put that one on my list.
0: It was one of my honorable mentions. You have to say and and I know you're going to give your case for it Aaron, so I'm not going to try to steal your thunder, but you have you have a very satisfactory finish and you have
3: I mean, what an assortment of talent in one match. Yeah, it was um it was the culmination of everything that Vince did when he started the WWF expansion. So he finally had... in By 92, he finally had like every one of the top-tiered talents from all the territories that he stole from. It was just admitted he stole them. And it was all in one match. Like, everybody is in this fucking match. And... It tells a great story from beginning to end. Like, I don't, I, I know it was, it had to have been, because it was Pat Patterson's book in it, obviously. But like, right from the beginning, DiBiase goes in number one, Flair's number three, okay? Bulldog eliminates DiBiase, right? And as DiBiase is leaving, Flair's coming in. So, say everything you want to say about DiBiase, but for the time he got there until about this time, he was the top heel in that company. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like, without passing the torch, it was passing the torch. Like, DiBiase's character was walking out, and Flair was set to be the fucking man, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And to what you were saying he about. down that, that island at the end of the night, he was the fucking man. Mm-hmm. And. and but.
0: To what you were saying about the talent involved, you have everybody from Ric Flair, obviously Hulk Hogan, Sid Vicious, um, Roddy Piper, Kerry Von Erich. Um, Piper, you said Piper, didn't you? I said Piper, Kerry Von Erich. Um, um, even Tony Atlas is in the match, I believe. Is Saba Simba? I mean, yeah, even yep. if they're even if, they a, even
3: if they have a they have a gimmick. Everybody's in and it, yeah. and it's great. It, it, it's it's the who's who of '80s wrestling and transitioning into that next period for the WWF, and it's it's hands down my favorite Royal Rumble that ever happened. And Mind I it. everything about it was great, and the finish was fantastic. I enjoy everything about it. I can sit down and just watch the fucking Royal Rumble '92. Like not even the rest of the show, which the rest of the show is really good too, but I can just fast forward through all that and just I'll watch Royal Rumble 92. I
1: can say when uh, when it's Royal Rumble season and I want to get into the mindset of watching the Royal Rumble, the first Rumble I watch is 92. It's always the one that I – it's my go-to to get hyped up for what the Royal Rumble is going to be that year. So, And Flair uh, did a great job. Uh, everyone involved was a star, like you guys said. And the promo afterwards is, you know, one of the best promos you'll ever hear. So, Mark, anything else on the Royal Rumble
0: '92?
2: I don't know. When you said Tony Atlas, I just wanted to go.
0: And let's not also forget. Let's not also forget the soundtrack of that match. Bobby and Gorilla on commentary.
3: Oh my also. God, love it! Bobby's terrified the entire time. That's not fair to
1: flare. It's a skirt. It's not a kilt.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Archie, what's your what's your well I mean if
1: you want to start with five or start with one, however you want to Well, I mean I have them numbered differently. Like I, I shouldn't, but but I'll start with what I have at number one. Uh is uh WrestleMania four, uh Randy Savage versus Teddy Biassi in the finals of the uh, World Title Tournament. The WWF title tournament.
0: It's a fantastic match, and it's um, it's and again, I did the same thing to Aaron. I'll let you give your reasoning since it's your pick, but um, for me, it's one of those things where you're just coming off of, and this isn't a knock on him, and he's not a bad wrestler. People, you know, I, I don't want to say that Hulk Hogan wrestled the type of match he was supposed to wrestle. He can right. go. But you're just coming off of four years, essentially, of Hulk Hogan Wrestling Monsters. Right. And so you're you're changing the pace here because you've got Randy Savage going to become your champion. And this one is is technically superb.
1: Right. It's two technically sound guys. Savage, who's fresh into being a, a face somewhat, but maybe a tweener. DiBiase, who's the ultimate heel, telling a story in that ring. And it really started something different. Like you said, Nate, to go from muscular monster Hulk Hogan battling monsters to now technically sound wrestling is a totally different other thing. It was a changing of the guard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then the story after the match of Hogan helping Savage and them shaking hands and kind of, you know, becoming friends somewhat, uh, it led to that whole year of Hogan and Savage uh, uh, battling the Twin Towers. You know what I mean? Right. Savage in parallel, uh, then them finally breaking up. Uh, you got lust in your eyes, brother. That whole that one match, which DiBiase did a great job, and it wouldn't have went. It would have been just as good if DiBiase would have won the world title that night. But it set off a full year of build to Hogan versus Savage at five.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: and and yeah, the match itself is is fantastic. Um, yeah. Aaron Aaron Mark, any comments on that matchup?
3: Uh, it was just the two best wrestlers on their roster at the time. You can't deny that. Having a great finish to a wrestling tournament. And um the tournament itself I would consider a championship match. Honestly. And it told a great story. Right.
2: Nothing else I could say that pretty much ain't already been said. <laughs>
0: Any final thoughts on that one, Archie?
1: No, just oh, definitely one of my favorites. When I play back old WrestleManias, that is definitely something I always want to watch because, like I said, you think about how great Savage did, but then you also think about what could have been if Bibliosi would have won the title then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: then also also kind of what Aaron was saying about the whole tournament could be considered a great title match. The story of Savage, you know, winning four matches right. in one night. Right. You know? Four
3: different outfits.
0: Yeah. Four different style of put different style opponents.
3: Yeah, you yeah, ran the gamut. It, it showed him it was a showcase of Randy Savage being the man. And um I know it wasn't a championship match, but it's it's I think what um Brett kind of stole, which anything in wrestling, you steal it, you know. Brett, <laughs> Brett Brett stole that mindset when he won the King of the Ring. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go out there and have three different fucking matches, and show that I'm the fucking worker in this goddamn company. And that's what Randy did. Agreed. So which ma- which match topped your list, Mark?
2: Um, all right. So we're we're going from like no no. We'll just whatever's on whatever you your number
0: go? one. Do your number one now.
2: Okay. My number one is not from any big uh, pay-per-view or anything like that. It was from Ram- uh, a Rampage in Sheffield, England. And it was Randy Savage versus Shawn Michaels on April 19th, wow. 1992. That's
0: a good-ass good match. match. Yeah, it <laughs> is. That's a good-ass
2: match. <laughs> It's a deep cut, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I when I was looking through all the title matches and stuff, I was like, this really needs to be highlighted. And I believe it might be the only time they ever had a one-on-one yep. match. I agree. Yeah. And, and when, it was Prime, Sean, and Randy. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the outline story with Sherry and Liz, you know, the them two – at each other, and it was just a great match between two future Hall of Famers, so.
3: Mm-hmm. And everything I've ever read, I don't know if it's true or not, but Randy wanted to do an actual, like, because that match had no angle, you know? It was just a match. Right. Wow. Randy was, like, adamant about doing a fucking angle with Sean, and it was one of the one of the sticking points of him leaving because Vince is like, Sean, like, <clears throat> it was the sticking point of Vince saying that Randy was old, even though he wasn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, Randy always wanted to do an angle with Shawn Michaels, and it just never mm-hmm. fucking happened, and Vince never let it happen. And it should have happened. It would have been a great feud, and I'm really glad you brought it up because it is a really good match, and I didn't even think
2: about it. So that's a good <laughs> point, Mark. Yeah, I, I love the Archie's reaction
1: whoa yeah right. <laughs> because I, as a kid i remember that every coliseum video that they would like do a preview of they'd show like a bit of that match yeah yep and i can't believe i forgot about it you know what i mean
0: well and you, you i remember seeing it like you said in the video clips and going where can i find why right. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and what goddamn tape is it on right. um but yeah, it's, it's and you know what, to be honest with you, I don't think, I don't think that we're, where Aaron and I were, I don't think that our video store ever got that video, so I may not have even seen
1: that match until yeah, the Yeah, I've internet. got, I had, I've seen every other Rampage but that one, because there were like three or four of them, whenever yeah, they would go I to mean, the UK, there was a Rampage, you know. Yeah, and so. they're, they're, it's, they're all on the network
0: now, and I know, I've, I know I've seen the match since the advent of the internet, right. but I don't think I ever, ever, ever even actually got to see it back then.
2: Nope. No, and no. then but looking back on it now, you're just like, man, these two fucking guys could go. And mm-hmm. and Sean played, you know, the chicken shit heel and gave he gave just as good as he got in yeah. it. And it, it was a great match to me. I agree. So there's gonna be a common theme here as we've gone through our top. Aaron,
0: this person was in yours. Archie, this person was in yours and in yours. Mark. Well, on my
3: defense, everybody was in mind, but that's
0: okay. I know, but I'm just saying, still a common theme. My favorite, personal favorite, WWF title match of all time from WrestleMania 8, Randy Savage versus Ric Flair.
1: Oh, you got one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my that's honorable on my name. list, too. My that, honorable is,
0: that, is, that is my favorite, personal favorite. Oh, no, favorite. wait, I
1: removed that from my list, actually. Yeah, I moved, removed it for something else. Okay, but still a great, damn great match. Oh, it's a
0: fantastic match and um there's there's there is it's two of the best ever in their prime wrestling on the biggest stage with a fantastic story going into it. Yep. And it's it's Randy being Randy. Like being Randy, like angry, crazy Randy.
3: You haven't been beat up properly yet. Yeah, it's um, after
0: the match, but and and it's Flair being it's it's okay. So WWF when they brought Ric Flair in, you know they didn't ever call him Nature Boy; they just called him Ric Flair. He was a WWF version of Ric Flair. But during that rivalry with Randy, was the most actual Ric Flair. Ric Flair was allowed to be, right. That you got Horseman Ric Flair.
3: Yeah, and and um. Flair talks about it in this book. Like, you know, like, he's been um, characterized as being like, like, paranoid. and know he's thinking somebody's trying to get over something on him, mm-hmm. and really protective of Liz and all that. Right. Listen, it was like crazy because he, Flair said he's like, he had none of that with me. You know, like he was like, oh, man, I want you to kiss Liz. And he was like, are you sure you want me to like? (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't want you to lose your fucking mind. He's like, no, I trust you, man. He's like, I'm Ric (laughs) Flair. You trust me?
2: (laughs) I'm the dirtiest (laughs) player in the game, motherfucker.
3: (laughs) And, And it's like Savage seemed the most comfortable with any wrestler that he was ever that he ever worked with. He always seemed the most comfortable with flair and I'm not knocking that match. Cause that's a great fucking match. And it's a great fucking story. And, um, uh, it's not even flair in it. It's Bobby and Kurt doing their part of it. You know, that, that's a great fucking faction. It only lasts mm-hmm. about a year. Not even, great, not even a year, but it's a great fucking faction. I actually enjoy flair. Savage more it's it's like the one time I'll one or two times I'll say this. I actually enjoy their WCW shit more than their WWF shit.
1: Because they got to go longer in WCW like and, they're, and they're Claire, blasted, and you know.
3: flair like Nate was saying. Yeah flair had to be flare in it. But that that WrestleMania 8 fucking match.
0: There's I remember I, I remember back I remember back at the time thinking how could they not do Hogan and Flair? At WrestleMania, right. and then you right. look back in hindsight, and it's like, God, it was such a good decision. Thank, thank God <laughs> they went with Hogan
1: and Savage, would Flair and Savage. but as My it, mindset
3: this, looking back at it is, how is this not the last fucking thing on the show? Right. I, even
1: as a kid, I remember going, how is this not Flair and Savage as the main event? Who gives a shit about Hogan Sid, Sid right now? You know what I mean? And then when they went out there and did the damn thing, I remember even being more mad because I went so late. They had a picture perfect matchup that ended with an actual ending, with Savage winning the title, and the Hogan and Sid match went to a disqualification. Right, <laughs> doesn't work you for know. me, brother. Yeah, you know you could have brought Warrior back mid mid show. It didn't have to be in the main event. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, what is
3: your next match? My next match. Um... Oh. Number one, I'll just pick one, and we'll piggyback off of Archie. And it is—it it wasn't a long match. Honestly, it only went like 20 minutes. It was the Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan WrestleMania Five. And, and uh, you just—you just took my next one off my list. All right, bro. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I think it's in the top three greatest stories ever told. Definitely. And the match itself. If you look at all the story going into it, and I know we were just looking at the, the, the match itself, everything about it is fucking perfect. Like, Savage comes out, Hogan's second, Ventura's pissed off. Ventura doesn't... When, when we're talking about a match, can I say that I think the commentary team pulls a lot to it? Yeah. Yes, without a doubt. Ventura is doing... I think his best work is a color commentary during the color commentary, other common. I can't say Tater.
1: Tater. <laughs> Tater. <laughs> hey, Tater. 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 Hey, Tater.
3: Tater talent. He's being the, he, he's doing his best work as a color man <laughs> <laughs> in this fucking match because he is pointing out all the shit that we've like talked about for the whole year where Hogan was a bastard during this mm-hmm. whole thing, you know? Right, and Hogan's trying or Ventura's trying to like articulate it, and Monsoon's like pushing it back. And the match itself is great. Savage comes out first, then Hogan, and fucking Ventura bitches about Hogan coming out second and all this that and other thing. And then the Savage stalls, and then the minute they fucking lock up, Hogan like throws him across the ring. And Savage pops up, and he's like, Jesus Christ. I, I I realize now I'm in a fucking fight, and it's like Hogan's doing his power shit. Savage is doing his technical wrestling shit. It, it, it's, it's a great fucking match, and Liz is helping both of them. Yeah, Right, she's torn the between whole the whole match. Is, the whole thing's great. And, and it's like Nate said, it shows that Hogan can actually fucking work when he needs to, you know? Mm-hmm. And he didn't look um, at him working with Randy Savage.
0: No, I, I actually, in my notes on the match, it's not only my second favorite WWF title match, it's Hulk Hogan's best match to me. I agree. It's, it's my favorite Hulk Hogan match. And I you know, I, I I there's there's plenty of Hulk Hogan matches that I
3: dig. It's my, but it's, it's my second favorite Hogan match. You know <laughs> what my Hogan match is, Nate. Tell everybody. It's Hulk Hogan versus Harley Grace from Saturday night's main event. <laughs> which choice. is which is which is also great, but they do they yeah. do hardcore shit in that match, it's great. The- anyway. <laughs> this
0: match is um, again my favorite Hogan match uh, one of my favorite title matches of all time and like Aaron said high drama everything you need the 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 perfect the perfect cocktail for a great Pro wrestling championship match Archie mark any more thoughts
1: uh, well you said it's the perfect cocktail that they never stopped selling up until the ending of the match mm-hmm. because even till the day WrestleMania went on the air it was Whose corner is Liz going to be in? Is Liz going to turn on Hogan? So it kind of made you guess the whole way through, right? You know, you thought, well, Savage could win. What's the, what's the difference of a heel walks out as
3: champion? And even you the know? and even the ref. I don't know. I don't want to say that I'm smarter than anybody else, <laughs> but um, because once they brought Earl in with like the um, belt change or whatever. I don't know if this was Earl or Dave in this match. Um, I think, I think it, I think at this point it probably was Earl. But he even does a good job. Like Savage keeps putting Liz in fucking situations, and the ref's like, "Come on, Macho, what the hell are you in the ring?" Like he's even like, "Jesus Christ!" Like everything in this fucking match is perfect, and. I think I think it. It's not only one of, if not the greatest WrestleMania main event of all time. It's it's in my top five WWF Championship matches ever. Archie, yeah. what is oh, one of the greatest stories? That, it's just sorry, it's just one of the greatest stories ever told. I agree,
0: um, Archie. What is next on your list?
1: Um, mine is from WrestleMania twelve, the Boyhood Dream of Shawn Michaels and Bret the Hitman Hart in uh, the Ironman match.
3: That was Damn incredible. good match.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember watching this show in uh, New York City at my first cousin's house. He ordered the pay-per-view for us.
2: And the whole pay-per-view
1: was okay. But then we got to this match, and I remember him and I glued to the TV for that whole hour and five minutes that it was on. We never uttered a word. We didn't talk, you know play fight or whatever, you know what I mean? We're just, we're watching. The way
0: the, the, way, the way the match is structured is perfect. Yeah. it's uh, And it, it's not on my list. It would definitely be an honorable mention. My favorite Iron Man match is on my list, but it's not this one. And this, is not, taking, this is not taking away from it. Because the match is, first of all, you have the two best wrestlers in the company at the time. Right. Third or second, the match is structured perfectly. Because if you watch that match, the first 40 minutes of that match are a Bret Hart match. Right. And the last 20 minutes are a Shawn Michaels match. And they it's 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 fantastic. You can't take it. I can't find the only hole I could find in it, it looking back in hindsight. Looking back in hindsight. And I know why they did it the way they did it. It was for the drama of it. Right. The only whole the only hole you can find in it is if you have two high caliber pro wrestlers at the top of their game. I can't see him going an hour without a finish of some right. Time. Right. And, and I, they, I get it. I get it. You're you're telling the story. I'm not shitting on it at all. Right. Did and I they see... wanted
1: to make to make that left hand turn of telling a new story of Brett got screwed slightly. Yeah. Yes. You and know? for the
0: W and for the WWF in their defense, it's the first time they'd ever done it.
2: Right. That that might have been foresight for some things to come. Oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Oh,
1: yeah. oh well, Brett, think... Brett said it in every interview after that. It was always and it started at WrestleMania twelve. Well who, it was supposed to be an hour, but no, we had to have overtime. So that was the, the beginning of the end for Brett. Mm, I, though, actually, a, a I actually I actually I actually like the fact that neither one of them could pin the other guy. Well, yeah. It was a like, very big like, tit for tat type like, of fight. For life. me, that meant that makes
3: it like <clears throat> even though Brett lost. You just showed your audience that these are the two best guys, you know? Right, right. And and the whole story was supposed to be, the whole story was supposed to be kind of like Savage Hogan. We're, we're going to build this for the next year. We're and they did. Have, where, where Sean's like, oh, um, I pinned you. And Brett was like, it took you an hour and five minutes to pin. Right. right. you couldn't do it an hour you know it was supposed to culminate with it was supposed to be a three match saga with those guys it was supposed to be 12 where either one of them could beat each other an hour and sean got the overtime brett beats sean at 13 and then sean beats brett at 14 that was supposed to be the story
2: mm-hmm.
3: i think what killed it honestly was Sean telling Earl, "Tell that fucker to get out of my ring." <laughs> <laughs> That's what Brett was like,
1: <laughs> "Yeah, their real life drama kind of poured over and caused the caused it to not. They couldn't do business for years on end. They could do it in spurts for two or three months, and then that was it. Until one of them said something stupid." And, but, and you
0: know what? You know what? We we you can you can say what I, I have said a million times, Brett. Brett is Brett is uh, probably my second third favorite wrestler. other than Randy Savage being number one. My top five is kind of fluid. Sometimes it's Brett, sometimes it's not. But anyway, as far as their problem goes, yes, they both have a lot of blame to be taken. Brett has a huge ego. Brett did take himself too seriously. right but and and as much of a Sean fan as I am though, Sean was the biggest the biggest problem back then. Oh yeah, His, he, he he was a fucking pain in the ass. You but know?
1: here's where I will defend Sean. Um, Brett's ego allowed him to get in the way of the good nature nature uh, good nature like like ribbing, and then Sean would turn it up a notch. Like for instance, right? You guys all know I can be very um, jokative, and I'll throw a joke here or a jab there. But you also know that if you give it right back to me, I'll laugh with you. Right. Now, imagine if I gave you guys that little jab or joke, and then when you did it back to me, I pissed and moaned. Right. That's, Brett would constantly, the minute Sean would give it right back to him, Brett would go, you know, Vince, this guy's very unprofessional. He's very dangerous in the ring. I don't think I could. So that Sean would go, well, fuck it. Now I'm going full force. Right. So as much of a problem as Sean was, if Brett would have kept it lighthearted, then we might not have heard Brett was having some sunny days. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really, I really do think it
3: starts with Sean. You know, tell that fucker to get out of my. Garage. Yeah, no,
1: without a doubt, because, a because doubt.
3: Sean denies a lot of shit. <laughs> but I've never Sean was on a lot of coke, <laughs> he denies a lot of shit. But I've never heard him deny that he told Earl Hebner to tell that. Wow. Well,
0: no, you can hear it on. You can hear it. You can hear him. You can literally hear him say it. He can't deny it. It's on tape. Right. Anything Plus else he...
1: on that match, guys? <laughs> no. The build for it was perfect. He's seen these guys work out, seeing their backstory. And, you know, I've said this before, Nate seeing guys that started out as tag teams and they were mm-hmm. fighting as tag teams, Hard Foundation rockers. Then they went single, so now they're fighting for the intercontinental title, and that story gets revisited. but then now they make it to the main event and they're world heavy they're fighting for the world title that's my favorite because how could you not love two guys that came up together and battled up that ladder together until we get to the combination of oh well they're at WrestleMania fighting for the title.
3: Right. And so. and not and not like I said, not trying to be like a WWF apologist or a Vince McMahon supporter because I know he's made bad decisions or whatever.
1: Like that mustache.
3: Like that mustache. <laughs> um, those were Vince's dudes, you know what I mean? Like yeah. boys. And, and and they were Pat's guys, you know those were Vince and Pat's guys. Right. And I think it was a great match.
0: You, you guys mentioned the mustache. I'll, 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 I'll throw to Mark now, but I'll <laughs> do it in in current Vince McMahon voice. Mark, what's the next on your list?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, my next is gonna be at WrestleMania 10, and it is going to be Bret Hart versus Yokozuna.
0: Yokozuna.
2: Um, the rematch.
0: And that one's a combination. That one's a combination of of a year worth of storytelling that got fucked up by Hulk Hogan because it could have been an actual year of storytelling. Right. Um. It's It's uh, not ready, brother. It's it's yeah. He's he's only been champion for like six months. He's not ready. Um. Fuck off, Hogan. At that point, fuck off, Hogan. Go away. But uh. No, and and Mark, go ahead and tell us why you put it on, and then we can all go with our reasoning. Um, Why you're you're correct.
2: Just to me, the two different styles mesh very well, and you had Brett, you know, as kind of like the the smaller underdog. And Mm -hmm. I, I like those kind of stories being told where the underdog comes out on top.
0: For some reason, I don't know what it was, but I I, I see what you're saying because I've always said it, it 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 was always awesome to watch Brett wrestle Yoko. And I don't know what it is about the two of them. They, they had a rapport. Had, they did. They had a synergy in the ring that they were yeah. like – It was like they were meant to wrestle each
1: other. Yep. When you would see Yoko, Yoko start to do his arms waving like he was about to fall – Brett made it look more believable than anybody else when he would knock Yoko down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, he, looked like, he
0: looked like even though this dude is is falling down, he is so big, I have to bring my arm all the way back
3: to my ass to hit him to knock that's him that's back. Right. And Brett would would sell it with his face. Like, Jesus Christ, this fucking <laughs> guy. And um I know there's a lot of great big man workers that have existed in professional wrestling, like Vader, Andre. Um, I'd put Animal Bam, Animal, Bam Bam, Bam Bam, all those guys. I think, I think Yoko's the best.
2: Yeah, yeah. He could do he could do shit that that most of the big guys wouldn't do,
1: like that, that cartwheel kick.
2: That's exactly. Crazy.
3: Super
1: fucking talented. How did he hit that cartwheel kick better than Owen did? And Owen was 300 pounds lighter. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of practice, but uh, yeah, yeah. And on um, a we'll side the-
1: note,
3: on a side note, you brought up Owen and we brought up Yoko. Love those two together. Oh, yeah, one of my
1: favorite tag teams. But like- and versus I got Yoko at 10
3: over here, he's gonna fucking help me get where I need to go. <laughs> it's good shit. Right. And it,
0: right. And, if, and,
1: go ahead, Archie. In Yoko in Yoko's mind is Owen is going to help keep me relevant to like get back to the world title picture, and Owen's mind state was, "Hey, fuck it, I'm going to use this guy too because I want to get to the world title picture too." You know, but they became best friends at the in the in the in all of it together. So and,
0: ba- and back in reference to this match, you have like like I said, you have the story from last year at WrestleMania nine. Right you have Roddy Piper in the mix as the champion which goes back to the story from the year prior at WrestleMania 8 because Brett beat Roddy so where is Roddy's loyalty lie right you have that mixed in too and then like i said two of the best in the business at the time doing what they do it was it was it was
3: it, great it it, it a wrong yes
1: yeah
2: and the reaction to the finish from the crowd was fucking
1: right. awesome well, and then you look at the the major storyline that started it Luger and Brett both get eliminated from the Rumble at the exact same time. Co-winners, first time ever in history. Luger lost earlier in the night to Yoko uh, because of Mr. Perfect disqualifying him. And Brett lost in the first match to, to Owen and is injured. So and now, here's the main event. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the story they don't
0: tell you never got to come to fruition. The fact that on the take, Tunney had a double-sided coin. That's why Luger got the first hey, shot of the right. title. Right,
3: like, <laughs> Tunney's like fucking with his fucking with his sleeve before he flips that coin. I was like,
0: I know it wasn't supposed to be the story. They used a double-sided coin, so right. they get. But it looks like Tunney's like healing on uh, on Bret Hart trying to get Luger that first
1: title.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, good pick, Mark. Definitely. The next match on my list was Togan and Savage at WrestleMania 5, so I'll go to number three. And this is my favorite Iron Man match. It's from September September the 18th, 2003, on WWE SmackDown. Oh. Kurt Angle versus Brock
1: Lesnar. Nice choice. Great choice. Yeah. Doesn't
0: Brock bash him with a chair like right at the start? Uh, yes, and, and and it's 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 one of those matches. Not only is the match itself great, but the last ten minutes. Right is insanity because if I remember, and it, I, I, I don't have it obviously written down, but if I remember, right, like they went into the last 10 minutes and Brock was up like five to two or five to three on Angle. And then Angle, I think it was five to three or five to, <coughs> excuse me, to two, because then within that last 10 minutes, Angle uh, gets it up to five to four. And then in the last 10 seconds, he has... The ankle lock on Brock, it looks like Brock's going to tap, and then the bell rings. So Brock wins the title, doing five to four. But it's just, and you can point to any of the matches they ever had against each other, but I just love this one, because like I said, it's my favorite Iron Man match of all time.
3: And they did it on TV, which was... Ballsy. <laughs> yes and,
0: and 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 not to mention, I mean just in if you if you take that time period 2003, just take that one year, 2003. I'm talking wrestling, I'm talking MMA, I'm talking just in general. Even amateur wrestling. Are there two better fucking athletes on the planet than Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle in 2003? Jesus Christ. The
1: level they had for each other after their Mania match. Going into this match, the storyline was that they were being buddies. And you know what I mean? Trying to push each other. And then Brock turns heel during the match. It's like, damn. You know? They they ripped our hearts out during the match. Because like Mm -hmm. you said, Nate, that last ten minutes... Of that angle, scrambling and trying to get back to the win, and you know being down, and it's just like, okay, go, 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 and then he ends up the last minute tap out doesn't even get him to win. It only makes it five to four. So,
0: but yeah, I love it, and like I said, no disrespect, <coughs> to Brett, no disrespect to Brett and Sean, but no, that, that, no, I, I that Iron Man match is my favorite Iron Man match. It is two athletes in the top at the top of their game, fucking tearing it down.
3: So unless you guys have anything else on that, Aaron, we'll go to your next one. Uh, My next match is a match that happened on January 4th. Well, it didn't technically happen on January 4th. It aired on January 4th, 1998. And it was Mankind defeating The Rock for the WWF Championship. And it happened on Raw. Obviously, it wasn't live. Um, It happened like four days earlier. But this was Mick defeating Rock for the WWF Championship. And um, I didn't even pick it just because of the historical significance of it. Nate, you told me you didn't want to do historical significance Hmm. of it. It's your personal favorites, bro. I, I picked it because... This was me as a kid Watching Raw And going holy fuck A title just changed on Fucking Raw And everything around it Was fucking fantastic Like DX came out And they were helping Mick And then Steve comes out And he stuns The Rock And fucking fully wins the belt And he's like Oh you sold nine. mine <laughs> This And this was like one of the coolest goddamn things I'd ever seen on fucking television. And I think it's, I think it's one of the most significant fucking title matches that's ever happened in wrestling. And it's, it's, it's the thing that flipped the war. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That was my reason for choosing it, Aaron, because of the, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, um, when snow comes falling down the mountain, I can't think of the word avalanche. Avalanche. It was the avalanche WWE needed to take over WCW because the Shavani saying that'll put butts in, some butts in the seats.
0: And that proving should- proving that they picked the right winner because that meant people wanted to fucking see Mick Foley win the title.
1: Right.
2: That should have been the uh, third natural disaster right there. Avalanche. <laughs>
0: avalanche. Well, it wasn't <laughs> well, WCW. He was in Yeah. <laughs>
3: But yeah, the match itself
0: is high drama. It's good stuff. Um, Of course, Mick and and The Rock were, they're like, they're like, they're like Yogo and Brett. They were made to wrestle each other. Not as much as Mick and and Triple H, but the, 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 I keep using the expression, but you know, the, 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 I don't even know what the word is. Chemistry? Yes, the chemistry between the two of them and, and, What a what a and and watching
3: watching Vince and Shane standing on the stage just being like no (laughs) (laughs) this is terrible not this Muppet like everything about this fucking match works for me I fucking love it and I think it's one of the best things that WWE ever did on television. It's I like, it, it, it's like, I don't know how to say it. Like, there, there was like a lot of gray areas with the characters in the WWF at the time, you know, like with DX and Steve Austin and this that and other thing. But all of those characters
1: in one blender, it,
3: <laughs> all of them were just like, fucking Mick. It's a good guy. You know what I mean? Like even right. Steve Austin was like cool, and DX was like cool. Like this should be the guy. He's an alright guy. <laughs> and it's like Mick said, it was like um, fully in his book said that it was like uh, it wasn't even like him being given the championship. It was like just like him giving like a them giving him like a lifetime achievement award.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. After all he'd been through.
3: Yeah, like all these guys know what you did, and Rock made him, Triple H made him, and and those guys knew that he made them, so they put him over. I I, I think it's I think it's a it's kind of like what I said with Macho Man and Hogan. It's kind of like a great fucking story. Mm-hmm. I agree. Archie, what is next on your list?
1: Well, Aaron took my next one, so I'll go on to my number four. And that is Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker from SummerSlam 98.
3: That one one is pay per views.
1: Yeah, the whole pay per view as a whole, the whole night is just filled with great matches. So let us know before
0: we before we start blabbing. Let us know why it is your one of your picks. Well,
1: one of them is one of the reasons is being that it has one of my favorite songs as its theme song, Highway to Hell", Highway to Hell. by ACDC. Um, and number two, because man, when Austin and and Taker were getting to SummerSlam, everything that went on, uh, this was almost at the tail end of the Ministry Taker, so he was kind of in between. Ministry taker and uh, I guess vampire undertaker because he had the yes. you know the black uh uh teardrop on his face and everything and uh, killed a
3: guy, yeah, exactly. he thought he
1: did, <laughs> you know, they were they...
3: resurrected and cost him the championship
1: in mm-hmm. bad blood. They just uh introduced um Kane and everything. There was so much going on. Sean was obviously gone, they were making Triple H and The Rock and you have these two, like you, you mentioned a few times, Ernie, the two best in the company going at it. And they just didn't fight in the ring. They tore down every announce table. They beat mm-hmm. the crap out of each other, and the crowd was behind both of them.
0: And And, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because I do have an opinion on this match that I have held for a long time. And all of us lived through this era, you know, right. we might have listeners that are younger that didn't actually live through the Attitude Era. <laughs> wow. But anyway. Go back and um, watch, kids. From living through the era, and, and you guys, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just this specific match. Okay. Steve Austin beating Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14. You know, Austin wins. Austin wins. Austin becomes a champion. Okay. And then you have, you know, he starts his feud with Mr. McMahon who brings along the dude love character to feud with Austin, which is a great story. And then he goes through some stuff with Kane. But this match with Austin defeating The Undertaker at SummerSlam in Madison Square Garden is actually, to me, the match that solidifies the Attitude Era and Austin Mm -hmm. as the top guy. Right. I know he was popular, but him beating Undertaker, the biggest star that's around, you know, because H- Hogan and all them are gone, beating Undertaker in MSG at SummerSlam solidifies Austin as the man.
1: Right.
3: It's because it happened clean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. what I'm saying. Like him exactly. beating Sean, him beating Sean at Mania was, was solidifying him as the champion but him beating Undertaker at SummerSlam and MSG is solidifying him as the fucking man.
1: Right. I agree. I agree. And Aaron said it happened clean. And it was, you hear all the stories that Sean didn't want to do business with Austin. He didn't want to let him beat him. He was willing to drop the title the next night because his back was, you know, so badly injured. And then you hear you are with Taker a little while later and take her job down to him cleanly. Didn't even give yeah. a shit. He was like, yeah, Austin's the next in line. Give it to him. Do business. I'll have my title run later on, which he did. He mm-hmm. went on to have more title runs that were longer and better. And, you know, but this matchup, like you said, Nate, it personified what Austin was had become. Here, kid, take the company, go into the next millennium.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And, again... On the back burner, is we're also making Austin. We're also making Rockin' Hunter. They just had a killer ladder match tonight. So we right. got his next challengers waiting for him. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so
2: Mark, what is next on your list? <clears throat> what is next on my list? I'm pretty sure probably didn't make the rest of these lists. Um it is from the Elimination <laughs> Chamber 2017 John Cena versus AJ Styles versus Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin versus The Miz.
1: I won this first world title? I don't even remember yep. it. I yeah, suck. this was <laughs> This should have been Bray's breakout. This should have been when Bray Wyatt was made made into the world, but
2: Yeah, I mean the, just the match itself, there was great storytelling, like down to the order in which they were released from the pods and mm-hmm. everything. Like, and then having Styles and AJ, I mean, AJ Styles and Bray being the last two, and then him going to hit that phenomenal forearm and into the sister Abigail. It was just right. Perfect. Right. Like the stars were aligned here. And well, because you,
1: you imagine, Mark, that, that here comes Cena's win. Cena's getting the title back. You know what I mean? Right. Cena's going to be the man again. But then AJ eliminates Cena. AJ goes to eliminate Bray, and then Bray Wyatt wins. And you're like, "Fuck! I didn't know they were gonna do that." <laughs> Wait a minute. You mean we're actually letting Bray Wyatt hold a title?
2: Yeah, and and you know that was, that was another reason why I loved it because I yeah. loved seeing him get his roses there, and then you know the what could have been.
1: Well, you well, know he had to lose. He had to lose it to Randy Orton at WrestleMania that year. <laughs> it had to happen. <laughs> I you know, uh, Randy Randy didn't have enough title wins up until then.
0: I <laughs> wrote, I wrote I wrote the match down, and the reason I wrote the match down is to be perfectly honest. I probably haven't watched it since it happened, so I'll go back and watch it. You know, yeah. if you recommend it, then I'll go back and watch yeah, it. I just I, it, you yeah. know how I am with the
1: modern product. I'm kind of hit and miss. It's so. not your typical elimination chamber. Like, oh, they put everybody through a pod, and this guy did a crazy dive, and this guy. They were actually having a wrestling match between six guys in that mm-hmm. elimination chamber. And, and
2: and that's what I enjoyed the most about it. Yeah. It was just spot fest, spot fest, right. spot fest. Right.
0: Aaron, I know you don't have anything on that one.
3: I've never seen it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Which
2: I mean, that's, that's, that's what's good about these type of things that we right, we get to share what we enjoy. Exactly.
0: The next one on my list going back to nineteen and ninety five it's the
3: survivor series it is w w f champion diesel versus Brett the hitman Hart. that's fantastic is that the one where everybody no it's not the one where everybody comes in
0: that's no the, that's the that that's the end that's the one where it's their rubber match that's man. the one where diesel that's the one where diesel loses his shit after he loses the belt
1: yep
3: um those two guys always worked well together. That's where it's a small package at the end, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it was the yeah, it was the one after the run-ins. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was just trying to I mean this
1: You it's know, that's fine. Diesel's um when Aaron mentioned the small package, when Diesel finally gets out of it and he just looks at the camera and goes, "Fuck." you're like damn did this guy not know he was losing tonight <laughs> well okay
0: so um to dig into the match a little bit it there's this is this is probably this is definitely my favorite kevin nash match yes um, and he, it, it's also one of those matches where you watch it whenever you watch kevin nash with brett <laughs> You see that people are wrong that think that Kevin Nash that Kevin Nash can't go because Kevin Nash could go. Yes and but what I will say about this is i I heard this on I think it was net from Nash's podcast that I didn't know originally, and this is according to Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash said when he got the title, it was supposed to be like what we've got right now with Roman. Bre Vince McMahon told him. Um, no matter what, no matter what happens, you're not losing that title for years. I want you to be a long-term, multiple-year champion. That was what, what Vince's vision was in the beginning. Kevin Nash says that at one point, Vince wanted him to do a... He wanted to, he, he wanted to try to work out a thing where Kevin Nash would fight Mike Tyson yeah. in, centra, in Central Park. And Kevin Nash said, fuck you, I'm not fighting Mike Tyson. I'm I'm he he would knock me the fuck out in 10 in 10 seconds. I don't have any conditioning to box Mike Tyson. He'd kill me. And then Vince McMahon said, "Oh, that's fine. We won't do it, pal." By the way, you're going to be dropping the strap to Brett at Survivor right. Series. <laughs> so then essentially Kevin Nash says that Vince McMahon was like, oh, yeah, you don't want to fight wow. Mike Tyson in my dream match? Well, you're going to drop the belt to Bret Hart at the Survivor Series. But that's Kevin Nash's story. Whether he's telling the truth or not, I don't know. But it's a fun story anyway. But the match is fantastic. And yes. then Kevin, Kevin flipping out at the end, um, you know. And then the next night on Raw, it's not has doesn't have to do with the match, but he comes out and does the whole, you know, if you're with me, you're with me. If you're against me, you're against me promo. Right. I'm only um, bumping
1: fists with people wearing the black gloves. And if yeah. like, yes, I
3: say this, can I say something?
1: Hmm?
3: Not about the match, but about the aftermath of I'm not gonna bump fists with anybody that's not wearing the black glove or whatever. Um I know we got Steve going into like King of the Ring or whatever, but it was Vince having the idea of this anti fucking hero. Yeah, right. You know what I mean, like if Nash wouldn't have left, he could have possibly been the fucking Steve Austin of the goddamn thing. Yeah, and oh, if, yeah, if, it, you, you know, know what? what? honestly, if,
0: if he wouldn't, if he wouldn't have, if he wouldn't have, have given his notice, I guarantee you, if he wouldn't have given his notice. He never, they would never would have had him turn on Sean, because because the goal was for him to be like you said, the antihero. He's not a face. He's not a he's, he's a tweener, and he's a right. hard ass. But I'm sure that he still would have been friends with Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? Like they turned him on Sean because he said he was leaving, so they wanted Sean to beat him.
1: Right. Right. But yes, and
0: but the the so Bret-
1: that's not an F that's not out of left field with my thing. No, 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 not at all. Because of his promo was, I uh, won the world title from Bob Backlund and I got rushed to Stanford and got yeah. told him, you know, you're going to be a friendly champion. And I'm like, but wait a minute. The guy that I, that won the title was this barbaric guy that ran through five people at the Survivor Series. Right. Yeah. So how could you make me a friendly champion? So what? essentially what he was saying is Vince turned me into a pussy. You know, yeah. Which is which is which is what Vince's character trying to to do with Steve? Well, well, but they brought that out into the light, right? You're going to wear a suit. Don't wear those boots. You know, you got to be a corporate champion, Steve. And then Steve fought it, but that was out in the public. This was Nash essentially doing it. You know, he might that half of what he said might have been not. He might not have been. Might not have been told to say that. Right. You know, he might have just been pissed off. So, yeah, I think he could essentially have been a Stone Cold type character had he stuck around.
2: Archie said he may be a pussy. No, I hate that phrase for the plain simple fact. I love pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
1: love Kevin Nash. (laughs) And Kevin Nash loves pussy from what he says. So,
2: (laughs)
0: Aaron, Aaron, what is next on your list? Um
3: I think I have like two more left, right?
1: I think so cuz I only have one left. Yeah, I only yeah. have one cuz you stole one of mine.
3: Okay. I have I have two actual choices and one honorable mention. So, um you guys want my 90s or 2000s? 90s. 90s. Yeah. Um, my '90s is Brett and Owen from SummerSlam '94.
1: Good choice, and
3: their steel cage match.
1: Good choice. I like that a lot.
0: Current I modern did. day modern day Vince says this is good shit,
3: pal. <laughs> I I think it told a great story, and um, it's the most athletic. When I say this, it's gonna sound stupid. But it's the most it's the most athletic cage match I've ever seen in my life. No, you're not yeah. wrong.
0: They, they they don't they don't um, the normally the key, the key to a cage match is and, and and this is not knocking what Brett and Owen did because what they did was fantastic. But normally the key to a cage match is we have a blood feud. We're going to settle it in a cage, which means I want to rake your face against the cage. I want to bust you open against the cage. I want to do, you know, but, but they're with brothers. these two and also they're wrestlers. They're technical wrestlers. So they went into right. a cage and yes, they utilize it a little bit, <laughs> but their instinct is to have a technical wrestling match. So they have right. a technical
3: wrestling match within the confines of the steel cage. Yeah, because like I look at it as the I look at the psychology of it as these two guys being brothers, okay? And Owen going into it wants to show everybody that he's a better wrestler than his brother and this, that, and the other thing. And, yeah, they had, like, a hate feud, you know? But ultimately, it's still your fucking brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to rake his face across it and <clears throat> do all this, that, and the other thing. And, and it's a great fucking story. And the ending's perfect with Owen getting his leg caught up and Brett hopping down and went in. And then fucking Neidhart closing, clotheslining Davey over. And they get Brett back in the cage and all the brothers are trying to get in. And all that. It, it's a great fucking story.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love
3: that goddamn match. I want to
1: hear a crazy thought that entered my head while I was watching that match as a kid. It was what the hell happened to the beads of the British bulldog's hair? <laughs> because he had this jerry curl all over head. Like, he had Brett hair. He had he he had Brett
0: hair.
3: Like yeah.
0: he just went, he just went and it's like him and Brett got he, to, to the same hairdresser. He's, he's wearing want, this want,
1: corduroy want, vest. with No yeah. shirt I want you underneath. to give I want you to give me the Brett bloke. Give me the Brett. Yeah, you know, it just didn't look like the bulldog at first. I'm like, wait, is that Davy voice man? <laughs> <laughs> but no, the sort the story the <laughs> story being told in just that match alone the family, you know, at odds, uh, you know, who's going to help Brett, who's going to help Owen, Jim Neidhart's there for, you know, because they're reigniting that. And then here's Davey Boy to come and save the day. Perfect. Perfectly laid plan. But I love that fucking match. It's 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 my
3: second favorite cage match ever.
2: Because it had that sense of realism. Like, right. you know, when you bring that, that stuff that you could actually envision Envision possibly happen in real life it it makes it more compelling
1: mm-hmm. Archie what you got All next right. my last one on my list we've talked about it in droves so we don't really got to go that much into detail but it is the WWF world title match that made me a fan and I will always praise it no matter how bad of a match it was, or how good of a match it was, or not, WrestleMania six Hulk Hogan versus The Ultimate Warrior. It's um. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm just in general, it's that proverbial passing of the torch. Um, you know what I mean. Uh, Hogan kicking out at the last second, but yet Warrior still won. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. It was everything it needed to be, and then maybe even some stuff we didn't want it to be. And, and, know, and also, to, now.
0: to put it in context for the time, there are three things about this match that stand out. First off, big match feel. Right. Secondly, being kids at the time, living during the Hulkamania era of pro wrestling, it's a baby face versus a baby face. The right. Fu- well, we didn't call him a baby face. We weren't smart fans yet. It's a good guy versus a good guy. A good guy. Right. And then it's
1: title for title, which yeah. it really wasn't. No, they really wasn't. well. I, you're right. Nobody believed Hogan was leaving with the Intercontinental title <laughs> that night. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as far as as far as like, and and again,
0: it's it's personal favorites. So you said no matter what, when anybody wants to say about it, but well, they can say whatever right. they want to. But if it's one of right. your personal favorites, then oh, and, and it is,
3: it is, it is. It's a gripping match. It is right. like at the time you're watching it, you're like, what the fuck? Who's gonna win? Like it was um I don't wanna say it. It was the first match where I knew the shit's rigged. You know? <laughs> Which is fine. But I didn't know like what are they gonna fucking do. Right. Cause cause Warrior's the man, Hogan's the man, what the fuck? And and I mentioned Hogan and Savage going in. It's like, you know Hogan's going to go fucking over. He's the babyface, you know? The babyface face. Is always going to go over at the big show. But these two, it's like, who's going to fucking win? Right, right. They're evilly matched. And it, it was a... It, it. It's a really good goddamn match between, honestly, two guys that probably shouldn't have had that good of a match. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Right.
0: And, and it, 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 uh, the fact that that match turned out good all comes down to the fact that Hulk Hogan wanted to put Warrior over. Right. If Hogan wanted Warrior to fail... He could have made Warrior look like shit in
3: that
1: match. Oh, yeah. Because,
0: like we've yeah, mentioned but, a million look. times, Hulk Hogan's actually a good wrestler.
3: So he could have he could have made Warrior look like shit. Yep. Yeah, but Hogan saved himself later, like after the match. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The whole passing yeah. to the torch yeah. with the... Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, he did. He knew Fair, what the fuck he was sure doing. sure shit works out. I'm going <laughs> to
0: be the last Ooh. thing you see as I leave, you know. Well, Mark, what do you have next for us?
2: Should I go with my passing of the torch, or should I go with just another personal favorite? Personal
1: favorite, yeah, personal favorite.
2: (laughs) We're going to WrestleMania 14 then, and it is going to be The Undertaker versus Kane.
0: That's not a title match.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Is it not? No. No.
0: Fucking Austin beats Michaels
2: on that night. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) you're just smoking. What are you smoking? <laughs> that's when Kyle. That's like Kyle being up, like, Markie.
3: even Guerrero never worked for the WWE. All
2: right, let's talk about Austin and Michaels then, because I love that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like this is Mark trying this, to rewrite history, everybody. <laughs> legit though, no, this is my this, this is my favorite WrestleMania. <laughs> well, all right, Austin, Austin and Michaels.
0: <laughs> Good shit,
2: pal. With Tyson as the enforcer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, when, like- when
3: Kane, when Kane did that that triple plancha off the top rope. Oh god! And grabbed the Undertaker into that huda Konrana and spiked him <laughs> to win the New Japan Pro Wrestling Championship. It was
2: fucking. Crazy. <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: I love you too, Aaron. <laughs> now, in Mark's alternate universe, it was not Mike Tyson as the enforcer. It was Lennox Lewis. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, why don't you give us your last <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. Let's go with the right one. Um, the My passing of the torch one is The Rock versus John Cena at WrestleMania 29. Boom! Oh,
0: Archie.
1: I was at that match. It was terrible. I'm not bothering Mark, but my feelings on that match is we did that didn't need to be twice in a lifetime.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it, it was two of the biggest names of their respect. Yes, the I real. agree. I, and, agree. And I would say, I
0: what. would say, that I would say, Archie. Here's where I'll defend Mark against your boo. I'll defend Mark <laughs> against your boo because <laughs> not, your wife, your boo. not your wife, not your wife. Yes. You <leave laughs> my boo out of it. Um, My but <laughs> the I, I can see Mark's Mark's coming from the same place with that match as you were coming from with Hogan. Yeah, no, Hohan.
1: I I'm only playing with Mark as far as the boo goes. But I mean, I was really there live, mm-hmm. and I remember fans in attendance thinking Rock should have won, even though he was a part timer, and we knew he mm-hmm. wouldn't be there all year again. But, I mean, the, the storyline for that year-and-a-half, two-year build was fantastic.
0: Yes, and the match
1: itself is really good, too.
0: Yeah. The emotion. The only thing I'll say about that, and this is not the match, and I know Aaron probably remembers me. He probably doesn't remember me saying it then, but because it's been however many years. But that, match, that WrestleMania really, really – I couldn't, okay, I don't know how to say this. I couldn't get into that WrestleMania because the, not the man, not necessarily the card, but I don't know if you guys remember, and Archie, you said you were there. That Mm -hmm. felt like the most corporate WrestleMania. Yes. It was just like, it was, it was, it was, it was like, it was almost like they were trying to to make a WrestleMania for their shareholders that didn't even
1: watch their product. Exactly. Well, I mean, all right. CM Punk versus The Undertaker on paper sounds like the best match ever. Not that good. The Shield versus Sheamus and Randy Orton and the Big Show was a throw together. Brock versus Triple H was just so Triple H could get back his win. You know what I mean? Mm. But then you get to Rock versus Cena, and they actually did steal the show. They were a great main event. You know what I mean? The emotion when when Cena hit the rock bottom, Mm -hmm. and when the rock went for You Can't See Me, was incredible it took the air out of the arena. So the match that one match kind of saved the whole show. But WrestleMania 29 as a as a as a whole not one of the better WrestleManias.
2: Well my my first one uh kind of my first one that was the botch kind of saved this whole show. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome motherfucker. It definitely popped us I will say
1: that. And you so, and we were like that's not a world title match anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I so think the, they
2: had it listed wrong with the, with the which one i was i was actually thinking of that wasn't it like uh bad blood or something that where they had the title match that year probably
0: they were let's see you're t- so you're talking ninety
2: eight yeah
0: yeah, it was it whatever the whatever the pay per view was before the Survivor Series because they had the match that made the title go vacant so that Rock could win it at the Survivor Series.
1: Yeah, it was it was Undertaker and Kane, where it's one on one with Austin as the uh, ref. Austin mm-hmm. doesn't count counts both of them down, grabs the belt and walks out. Next night, Vince vacates the title. Yeah, right.
3: And then so they the- then they break his ankle, which is great yep. television. Yep. <laughs> oh, we got caught. Um, yeah, that's good shit. That's good so shit. The,
0: pal. the last one on my list, and then I'll mention I'll mention one honorable mention since Aaron knocked Hogan and Savage off my list. I only above. have
3: one honorable mention left.
0: The, la- the last, one on my list, number five, greatest <laughs> WWF slash WWE title match or personal favorite, not greatest. My personal favorites, 2011. Money in the bank, John Cena and CM Punk.
1: Oh wow, very good match.
0: Yep, an excellent match, an excellent story. Just this was like, and this the reason I think this one sticks out to me so much is by 2011 WWE. As a wrestling fan, I had I, I'm I'm always going to be a fan. I'm always going to be a fan because I love wrestling. But by 2011, I had gotten to the point where I am now. Where it's like right. re- W it's just wrestling just isn't appointment viewing anymore. I'm gonna watch it on tape, whatever. I'm not gonna watch it live, blah blah blah. This match captured my this whole thing captured my imagination. And it had that hadn't happened in a long we had just gone through a few years of guest general managers and yeah fucking horn swoggle shit. And and the only
3: the only thing they didn't do that I would have liked with it. Was they didn't let it live longer after the fucking match. Right. Like, but the I match itself. The match itself is great. It's, and him like at, blowing the kissed events and leaving with the belt. Yeah, he, he just, should have been like The atmosphere, the atmosphere. The atmosphere, the commentary, the edges, everything going on is everything such a good about match. It was great, but it should have been mm-hmm. punk. I know they couldn't do like six months in this rest. But
1: it should have been six weeks at least, not two weeks. It should
3: weeks. have been like a couple instances where like Punk shows up at Ring of Honor with the WWF chan- or the WWE right. championship, you know. Right. That would have made it great. And and,
1: like, and Aaron answer me this. What, the world the world title doesn't have to be defended but once every thirty days or every sixty days. Why did they have to get a new champion the very next night? Yeah. That's what I'm right saying. away, they went to a tournament. You know what I mean? It was like, why aren't you giving this a chance to work?
3: Like, my favorite thing Punk did with that was when he showed, like, on, I don't know if it was Twitter or whatever, but, like, he took a picture of the WWE Championship in his refrigerator.
1: Right. Right.
3: <laughs> that was great shit. And, and they just, just, they should have just let Punk be Punk for, like, Three months with that
1: film. I agree. AJ Styles did it in TNA. And it actually worked out. You know what I mean? But Nate, to, your, to, to back you up with this match, I remember the, the... We all remember the pipe bomb promo. And that night, I was watching wrestling in my living room. And I just started screaming when he began cutting the promo. I literally marked out. Mm-hmm. And my wife came in the front. She's like, what's going on? What's wrong? I'm like... He just cut the greatest promo ever, and she's like, "Oh, give me a break!" And then I replayed it, <laughs> her. she went, "Did he really say all that?" I'm like, "Well, you're watching it, you know yeah, what I mean?"
0: I mean just, nothing, nothing like the summer of punk had happened in, in wrestling since right. since well, I mean, frankly, since the since the Monday Night Wars ended, right? So it was just so it was, I don't know it was just and again, I don't I'm supposed to be talking about this a specific match but just a, what goes into a match a story right right and it's just that whole story and then it's in Chi- mm-hmm. chicago when mm-hmm. punk comes out the it, the crowd's so loud it's fucking the, the camera's shaking um and the match itself is fantastic and the whole story's fantastic and i agree with Aaron. i think we may have even said it at the time like mm-hmm. it would have been cool to see them let cm punk take Go defend the WWE title in some fucking gym somewhere or something, right, you know, just to, rub, just to rub it in, you know.
1: Right. Right. It's CM Punk faces Dave mm. Smith. At yeah. Right. Tonight <laughs> in Alabama. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he sends a video to Vince, so it has to be has to play it on Raw.
2: The see, that's crazy. where you messed up, though, because you said Alabama. They took him there, and they're like, what do you mean you don't drink, boy? Right. <laughs> so, what you ta- ta- You are out
3: here?
2: Yeah, what you talking about? Straight edge.
3: We don't like no
1: teetotalers here.
2: Uh, we <laughs> give a moonshine out the bottle down here.
1: You one of them wrestlers? You like John Cena?
0: One. <laughs>
1: so, so, Aaron, how many more thing. do you have
0: left?
3: I have, I have one. Uh, actual match that so I put it on my list and one honorable mention.
0: All right, so go ahead with your last one that's on your list.
3: Um, it's the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar Hell in the Cell No Mercy Good 2002. Match. Good match. I fucking love this goddamn match. I know you do. It is hands down my favorite Hell in the Cell match. Taker and Brock are fucking perfect in it. The story, and like I said, we weren't, or like you said, we're not supposed to talk about the story going into it.
0: Well, no, we can. I mean, like I said, the story—you have the match because of the story. So,
3: so the story going to the match is like Brock is is the end-all be-all, he's the badass, and then he encounters the Undertaker, and he has to break the Undertaker's hand to get into the fucking head. Like, he breaks Taker's hand going into it. Um, So, takes now in a cast, and they start the match with what I think is some of the best storytelling, is Brock chooses to go into the cell first. He's the champ. He's like, I'm going to enter first. And guess why he wants to enter first? Why? Because he wants to get... He wants to be able to get the fucking jump on The Undertaker. Right. Because he's like, fuck. Now I have to go into this goddamn cell. (laughs) And he's a fucking badass, you know. And the whole match... It's... It's selling Taker's hand being broke... And the cast and all this.
0: And not yeah. to mention, I don't mean to cut you off, but this is 2002. And Brock came in the night after WrestleMania. And to, t- to, to, to kind of give a, a little weight to what Aaron was saying about Brock wanting to get the jump on The Undertaker. This is, the Undertaker is the first guy that Brock perceived as having his number.
3: Yeah, he's terrified of him. (coughs) Brock is terrified of the Undertaker, and and he does a great job selling it. And Taker does a good job of selling the fact that his hands broke. And, like, there's even a point in the match where they wind up on on ringside, and Taker goes to hit it. Goes to pick up the steps and he can't pick it up because his hand's fucking broke, and 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 they all bleed, like Taker bleeds, Brock bleeds, even Haman bleeds. Haman is standing outside of the cell watching Taker beating up Brock, and he's trying to like get at him. And he's putting his hands through the holes in the cell. Like, ah, you son of a bitch. Like, why are you fucking up my guy? And Tager grabs his tie, him being Paul. He grabs his tie and slams him into the cell repeatedly. Now Paul Heyman is bleeding. Mm -hmm. Like, the entire fucking match. Like, I, I can't give it. Um, justice describing it, but I love this fucking match. And I know it's not like the greatest thing that ever happened, but to me, watching it, I think it tells a great fucking story, and I think it's one of the best, not only championship matches that ever happened, but I think it's one of the greatest Hell in Cell matches ever. I agree. I agree. Um. All right, Mark. Did you,
0: you didn't have any left? No. Nope. Archie didn't I b- have
2: any. Left. I botched one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you got disqualified on that one. But just real quick to round it out, because I think everybody had great matches that they brought up, and I think this is a great discussion. I, I can't bring up my last honorable mention. Well, no, I was going to say if you guys will humor me for a second. Okay. I have two honorable mentions left. And I will just say them really quick. And if you want to expound on it, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Uh, the first one is uh, Mick Foley and Hunter at Royal Rumble 2000.
3: Yeah, that's the Falls County where yes Cactus, right?
2: Yeah.
0: That's a good match.
3: And then the other one that I would
0: say is an honorable answer for me, it's Unforgiven 2001. Steve Austin as the heel, Kurt Angle as the babyface in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, that's and, a good
0: one. And Angle beats Austin for the title, and it's just a fantastic match. And again, it's the fantastic story. You know, Angle's coming home, and 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 you get the feel good moment because he actually taps Austin, and it's just so good, so good. It is. So, Aaron, you said you had another honorable mention. Let me make sure this door opens
3: properly. (laughs) I'm going to honorably enter my house. (laughs) (laughs) I replaced that door that you said was annoying. Guess what it is, Nate. What is it? It's a match from... I'm going to say 94. Okay? Mm -hmm. And it is... It's a match involving Bret Hart. And it is... The... Raw match... Between Bret Hart and Sean Waltman.
0: Yes, it is July 11th, 1994... On Monday Night Raw, you had it in your list. No, I didn't, but it's one of it's it's it would be in my top 10. And I know that you know, I know you know it's in my top 10 because I know the goddamn date for the match. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, I, believe, I believe I believe it was recorded recorded earlier because it's not a live Raw, but the match aired on July 11th, 1994. And it is Bret Hart and Sean Waltman as obviously the one, two, three kid, and Bret. Being a consummate professional, Sean being the fantastic worker that he is, and Brett giving the kid a career defining match.
3: Yeah, it's 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 one of the best wrestling matches that you could fucking see in my opinion, like Sean Waltman, Sean Waltman gives gives
0: definition to the word prodigy as a pro wrestler. Like he doesn't get discussed enough in the all literally the all time great bell to bell in ring workers.
3: Yeah. And um you can tell me if I'm wrong, but he was one of the guys that like Pat or Vince would just be like, oh, this guy's coming in. Yeah. Let's put him in the ring with Waltman and then Waltman would come back and be like, Yeah, yay or nay. Mm-hmm. You know, thumbs up, thumbs down, type of thing. That dude was great. And um that was just one of my honorable mentions matches, is that Bret Hart one, two, three kid match. I think it's great.
0: Definitely, most definitely. Um the only other one I can think of like off the top of my head that would be in my top 10 as we round it out um, actually goes back to just after that Brett-Diesel match that I mentioned. It's Brett and Bulldog at the In Your House in December of
3: 95. Oh, that's when Brett is that gusher. Yeah. <laughs> that's good shit.
0: It's a fantastic match, too. But this has been a great discussion, guys. And at some point, Archie was abducted. So he's not with us at this point, but um,
3: (laughs) I'll call him and be like if somebody check him, I'll be like, I gotta have a I'll tell him, I have like a good um, set of skills. I don't know you and you don't know me. (laughs) But I'm coming for you. (laughs) But I'm coming for you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, once we end, uh I, I got a idea for a future show.
0: All right. Well, we will we will discuss that off the air. But uh Mark, do you have any parting words for our listeners this week?
2: Um just keep talk, listening about, to
0: talk about your breaks.
2: Yeah, uh I'll I'll plug that too. Uh but first and foremost, continue listening to everything on the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network um we can't wrestle reliving the extreme with slicing time uh if you smell what the arch is cooking nothing but trouble uh maximum gold there's so much good shit out there that that we bring y'all that is worth taking a listen so just continue to listen and if you are on the whatnot app check out all sports breaks uh i break wwe on there been pulling some massive massive cards uh undertaker to 10 autograph redemption batista to 99 autograph redemption uh one of one batista out of the wwe revolution we just constantly keep the hits coming so
0: definitely go check that
3: out aaron you're part your party I, I don't know what a breakout thing is but um <laughs> Just keep listening to the shows. Um, I think everybody's show on the network is really good, and it's everybody's shows are super entertaining and funny, and um, I think we are the how um, do I don't want to say it? The best kept secret in wrestling podcasts and we don't want to be so if you're listening to this show and all the shows on the network it's the network and you like them share them comment put it out there because that's the best way to get a um, podcast over is by word of mouth so absolutely tell your buddy and have them tell their buddies (laughs) yeah that's the best way to get it over. So share it, comment on it. And those of you that listen to it on the regular, I appreciate
0: it. As do I. And I want to thank Aaron and Archie and Mark for uh, for participating in tonight's conversation. It was a great discussion. Um, every single one of the matches that one of us mentioned, if you're a younger wrestling fan or somebody that, you know, Hasn't always been a WWE person or whatever, because I mean, you know, one day maybe we'll do this for the WCW title or something. But tonight we were talking about WWE, oh, a lot of those. Let's do the NWA title next. Che- oh, check God. out, check, <laughs> check out, check out the uh, the matches that we mentioned if you haven't seen them because they're all they're all in their own way good. I shit didn't mean out. to say it
3: secretively when I said that. I was trying to put my pants on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And because I'm
3: obsessed Wait, with
2: Vince you McMahon. Did, you did this whole podcast without your pants?
3: Just the last 27 seconds. Oh, gotcha. you. <laughs> and because I'm obsessed with Vince McMahon's
0: new voice, I will sign off by saying: uh, Thanks for listening to the, uh, We can't rest the podcast tonight. See you next time. Mustache
3: out. <laughs> Mustache out.